Heads up. This episode, John and Sebastian spark to tiny sweaters, limp safety, and literal dark rides as they take a journey into imagination on Here's Why It's Great. Welcome, folks, to Here's Why It's Great, a show hosted by two guys with boundless imaginations. I am one of those guys. I am John Bring, and with me, as always, is Sebastian Kadlechik. Hello. I already got you with that one, huh? <laughs> you got me. I'm on board. Wow, that didn't take long. All right, hopefully I got the audience in, too, so this will be a, a, a good quick one for us. We, we are back. We have completed the Hulk trilogy, which was yeah. a dream of yours since we started this show uh, go back and listen to those three episodes. They were a lot of fun. We talk a lot about uh, Bill Bixby and uh, and and obviously the Hulk and Pathos and and Ferrigno. Oh uh, yeah, his chest, his nipple specifically. Oh man, we got a lot of nip talk. Yeah. last episode, not nip-, nip talk. The show of on FX. No, the spinoff Nip Talk. Nip Talk, which actually was the show that they ran with Chris Hardwick right after the <laughs> after the show. Yeah, yeah they would the... say Nip Talk. Uh, nip Talk. Uh, oh, that would be good. That would have go been back. good. We should go back in time and get Chris Hardwick to do that. Uh, so we did that, and that was a lot of fun. We had yeah, a blast I'm good. doing that. I'm good. Anything after that now is just gravy. It's just bonus. Yeah. This is So this is the bonus material. So if you're buying the DVD of our podcast, which is kind of boring to watch, honestly. We should have had video if we were going to do that. Yeah, unless you're one of those weirdos that watches video podcasts, <laughs> a.k.a. a vlog or whatever, but... Apparently, that's a thing. Video podcasts. It's a thing. It's a thing. I mean, I've seen clips of podcasts on Instagram or TikTok or something, but I've never sat down and watched one. But that's a thing. I know it's a thing because I've heard podcasters talk about you can catch us on YouTube or whatever. So I know it's a thing. Yeah, well, guess what, folks? You can't catch us on YouTube because we are <laughs> sitting in my den and we are slash my office and we are looking frumpy as hell. Yeah, buddy. We're looking gross. We yeah. haven't showered in weeks. Weeks. And we've been on the picket line. Oh, we have. Yes. We've been sweating. One of the things I love about podcasts is how they end up being like little time capsules of yeah. whatever the time is. And that's what the time we're in right now yeah. is uh, 2027. It, the world yeah. has ended. <laughs> yep. It's May of uh, 2023 and we are about a month into the, the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we were just on the picket line yesterday Yeah, and uh, we we're sweating. Yeah. It was chilly out, but we were sweating. It was chilly, but I'm that out of shape that I was still sweating when it was cold outside. Me too. Me too. It was was a strange sensation to be cold and also sweating buckets. Yeah. I'm not a fan. That's writer's life for you. Yeah. That's that's why uh, maybe like the strike, obviously it's not a good thing. Or I mean, it is a good thing that we are going to get a good deal. We're going to get paid Uh more. We're going to get treated fairly. Uh, Obviously not a good thing for the entertainment industry as a whole, but good for us in, in that, the short term. In the long term, it will be. Yes. And in the, also the short term, we're getting more exercise. We're getting our steps. Sure. We're getting some sunshine. Uh-huh. Uh, I had several people say that I look like I've seen some sun lately, like I, I've got a bit of a tan going. Even people that didn't say it, like myself, I saw you and I thought, wow, this guy is bronzed. He's gone to Hawaii. He is a golden god. Yeah, is, is what a lot of people are saying about me specifically. Many people are saying. Everybody, a lot, all the sir, top, all the top sir, people are saying that. <laughs> sir, sir, thank you, and you look tan, sir. Yeah, I had a, a, a writer come up, tears in his eyes, big guy, strong big guy, guy, big guy, and uh, said, "Sir, thank you for being a golden god." Yeah, 
you uh, are what America needs right now and what yeah. the Writers Guild needs right now. So I'm really happy to Make be... Make the guild great again! <laughs> so I'm really glad to be that guy for everybody. Um, you're welcome, at the world. Uh, but yeah, we were on the on the picket line, so we are... when well, we, of course, haven't bathed since then, so we're stinky. Right. And nobody wants to see us be stinky. Right. Not, I mean, right in if you do, I guess. I, yeah, I suppose. If, if that's your kink, then sure. I mean, we can do that. We'll show you why it's great. Yeah, we'll show you. But obviously, you're you're hearing us. You can't smell us. <laughs> you're welcome. You're, you can't see us. And you certainly can't touch us. But those are the five senses, which leads me to our topic today, <laughs> which is a little ride at a little theme park called Epcot Center. And the ride that we're talking about today is Journey into Imagination with Figment. <laughs> and much like Seb's dream was to do the Hulk yeah. trilogy, the TV movie trilogy, this one's been on my list for a while. Hmm. Because this is a ride that's been around since the 80s. It originally opened as Journey into Imagination in 1983, just a couple years after Epcot Center opened. It was the Imagination Pavilion. And let me just say, going there when I was 10 and around the late 80s, the core memory for core me. Core memory. That's powerful. It, it was. It's uh, a building block of you. I, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, I went with my family, obviously. I think I was nine. Uh, and we went to... We, we actually did a lot of vacations to Orlando. That was close enough to us. We lived in South Georgia. So we would go quite often. And I think Epcot was one of the parks that we visited less regularly because at the time it had the reputation for being a little bit less fun, less thrills, oh, wow. more of a learning park. And, and that's what it was about. It was about exploration. It was about uh, the future. There was a lot of futurism there. The architecture was a big highlight. There was there were rides that were about motion. And uh, their, their centerpiece ride was uh, Spaceship Earth, which is housed inside the giant golf ball, which is the, oh. the icon of the park. Yeah. Have you ever I just think... wondered, like, why is that there? Yeah, I have. Well, that's I why. I thought it was a tribute to golf. It, well, it it's is Florida. It is. Uh, we should just put a giant statue of of uh, I don't know Bear Grylls. Is that a golfer? Bear Grylls isn't that the guy that that is like that is a outdoorsman. Yeah, Never the, mind. Uh, Arnold Palmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, Arnold Palmer. We'll say uh, I'm Arnold, not a sports. Isn't that guy. a drink? Yeah, <laughs> that is also a drink. All right. Well, anyway, a big statue of somebody golfing. Yeah. Or, I guess thing, we'll, let's just make it Mickey Mouse. Magneto moves. In that movie, what that X Men First Class movie, he Wait. moves a big golf ball or something. He Does taps, he? He taps into his joy. He been using his. He been using his anger. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's like, no, you got to tap into something bigger. And that's the moment that Charles Xavier became Professor Xavier because he started laying down some knowledge. Boom. Four hole in one. So yeah, the Spaceship Earth, which is still around and still uh, running. It's the ride about the development of communication ah. and storytelling. It's it goes from you know the Phoenicians creating uh, letters and things. Ah. Uh, I didn't pay that much like, attention to it. Form, form writing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And it goes all the way now. They've updated it to include Steve Jobs making uh, a Macintosh in his garage. Oh, so wow. that was a learning ride. Yeah. And there was he other ones. At, he did that in like 2005 or something. Yeah, that was that was that was he, what Y2K was about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was trying to fix Y2K, but little did he know it had already passed. Yeah, oh, old Stevie, Nerds. old Stevie Jobs. But wait, so you're saying that ride is inside the golf? Ball? Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Oh wow, I've never been to Epcot, so so I should get this out of the way <sighs> from the top, from the tippy top. Never been to Epcot. Never been to Florida. I'm okay keeping oh, really? it that way. But uh, yeah, I've never <laughs> been. We have, my wife and I have started talking about 
one day because we have a, a son who just turned four um, oh. about taking him to Disney World. But we want him to be older. To right. No, you should definitely take him when he's a little bit older so he'll actually remember it. Yeah. But I think that might also lend to the, the core memoriness of going. Maybe maybe it was an earlier trip. I'm not entirely sure. But I feel like I was around eight or nine when I first remembered yeah. going to a theme park. I had certainly been a bunch of times. There are pictures of me when I was three, four, even like a little, little baby. I think my mom uh, keeps pretty good record of things. And she <laughs> wrote like a list of the things we did. I think I was one, maybe my first time going. Oh, wow. So I to had a theme park, not to, to, uh, yeah, yeah. To uh, magic kingdom. Okay. So I had already been like inundated with this stuff from an early age, but my first like memories of being at a theme park are Epcot. Weirdly okay. enough. Wow. So, that's what I think formed this this core memory of Journey into Imagination, yeah. which is a ride. Uh, just to briefly explain it, it's a it's an Omni Mover ride, not unlike the Haunted Mansion. And you get on this ride, and you meet a character named the Dream Finder, who is a man, a very jolly man with a with a red shock of hair and a red beard, and he's on a blimp like a. Uh, I guess a steampunky blimp and he's capturing thoughts and and emotions and he's sucking them into his blimp and pooping them out as ideas. And he is the living embodiment of imagination. And he tells the audience uh, all the things we can do with our imagination, what we can create. He was this, he's the spirit of creativity. And in the ride, he comes up with a new creation out of his imagination, a little dragon named Figment. Okay, so I am so glad that you ran that through. I, so I watched the video ride-through, I guess, you sent me. Yes. Because I've, as we've discussed, never been to Epcot. I never experienced the first version of that ride. So I watched the video ride-through this morning, and I thought it was phenomenal. I wasn't totally... Sh- I, I didn't totally grab that he created figment right then at um, least that's my interpretation of it. it he's putting together this figment of his imagination and figment himself is an icon of yeah. disney now well i had as a kid i had figment i had a, oh you did yeah i had a plush toy of figment oh hell yeah and it was like my favorite to- like not favorite toy but like my favorite little stuffed animal I that's guess. incredible um that's so crazy that you've never been yet that traveled all the way out here yeah, I, and I was like, I just thought it was a cool little cute dragon. Yeah. And I didn't really know where it was from. Later, I looked it up and I discovered, you know, what that whole thing was yeah. about. But as a kid, I just thought it was a cute dragon. And it, I think it said Disney or some, something related to Disney mm-hmm. on it. So I was like, oh, I guess it's just something I've never seen. Or maybe it was a cartoon that I didn't see. Right. But as a kid, I just thought it was adorable. I just thought it was just really cute. And I always was hugging it. And, yeah. and I remember it, the feel of it so distinctly, the little wings. I remember everything about it because I liked it so much. And it was like up on my bookshelf and or on my bed. I loved Figment. Oh, I love that. And basically nobody knew whatever I was talking about. Like around in California, nobody... So none of my friends or anything like knew who Figment was. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's really weird." Like, Did it, you actually know him by his name? Yeah, I knew his name was Figment. Oh, great, great, yeah. even better. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was really um, invested in this little guy, and then as I said, much, much, much later, I looked up like, "What? Why do I even remember this mm-hmm. character?" And found out the the sort of backstory for him, and and I, so I had seen I think photos and maybe a like five second clip from the ride, but that was all I had ever seen. 
until you sent me the video. Yeah. And I, I fucking loved it. Like, yeah. I, I was like, man, I wish I could have because it was so 80s. Oh, yeah. It was so everything wonderful about that time and, and storytelling wise. Like, there was a little bit that was scary. Yep. There was a little bit that was weird. Everything felt tactile. Yep. Everything felt like, like, there was really cool stuff with, like, it looked like stuff made out of paper. Like, everything about imagination, it totally captured my imagination and is so much who I am creatively, the stuff that I love. I'm, I'm sure having consumed all that stuff in the 80s really informed me as a kid. But like this sort of fantastical stuff, this celebration of imagination. But at the same time, there's a sort of dark tinge to it, yes. a little scary tinge to it. So I loved it. I, even though I didn't get to ride that ride, just watching the ride through, I was like, whoa, this is so cool. I wish that I could have experienced it. I'm so happy that you knew Figment beforehand because... Yeah. Every version of the ride, and there have been multiple versions, and we'll definitely get to that, because we're not actually talking about the original today. <laughs> I mean, we are, but we're not. We're not. Here's why we're why it's grading uh, the original, because there's no denying that the original is great. Yeah. But I think I'm so happy to hear that like you had a, a, a pre-existing emotional connection to it, because I thought in my mind, like this could go either way. You could <laughs> you could possibly not enjoy this. But then again, watching it again today. It captured my imagination just as much as it did when I was eight or nine years old. It's just wonderful. And I think what you're, you really hit on a point that I, that really stuck with me watching it today, a part that I had sort of forgotten about, which is the point when it does get a little creepy, scary for a little bit. Yeah. And I think that that is something that's missing in a lot of children's entertainment now is this overprotection of, of kids and worrying about making them scared. I think that, like, there is a point where, yes, you should not be showing kids The Exorcist Mm -hmm. or showing them the truly scary stuff. But I do think that, to a point, kids like to be scared a little bit. I know I liked it. All the scary stuff, honestly, as a kid, are the things that I remember so clearly uh, as one of my favorite memories. In fact, my dad and I, my dad who... uh, we had a you know complicated relationship, and I didn't always like the guy. But my favorite memory of my dad from my childhood was right after we watched the Terminator. I was five <laughs> years old. Terminator, the end of that movie when the when the exoskeleton, the endoskeleton rather, is limping along, and and it's a stop motion animation thing. It was very scary. You're a Terminator fucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Scared the shit out of me as a kid. And then as soon as the movie was over, my dad started chasing me around the house, making hydraulic sounds with his mouth, pretending <laughs> that he was a Terminator. And it was truly terrifying in the moment. Yeah. But looking back on it now, that might be my favorite childhood memory with my dad. <laughs> and it's because I was a little scared. And uh, this also goes to a point where I think I heard some story that Jack Nicholson used to uh, work in children's theater. Mm. And when he approached his role as the Joker in 1989's Batman, he said that kids like to be scared just as much as they like to laugh. Uh-huh. And that's what, that was like the basis. That was the fulcrum of his Joker performance was he wanted to be just wow. as scary as he was funny. And I think he hit he the nail on the head with yeah. that one. Yeah. So I think that that's something that's missing in a lot of rides today is that little bit of creepiness, that yeah. little bit of spookiness and, like, even uh, they just remodeled the um, Snow White Scary Adventures in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And I love the I love what they've done with it. They really made that ride better, I think. But they did soften the edges a little bit. Oh, and I find I that, that, yeah, yeah. And they added a new ending, which, I mean, I think the ride needed. But it softened the edges, like I said. And, and, uh, and I find that a bit of a bummer that you can't, uh, you can't just be scary. You can't be creepy if it's considered 
kids entertainment. Yeah. And I'm sure I, I don't watch a lot of kids entertainment. You might be able to speak to this more than I can, but well, certainly things were very different in the eighties and nineties, all the stuff that we were consuming versus what's now like, there's a lot more, there is a lot more care. I think, I mean, I think people have learned more about, you know, kids and sort of how to talk to them and how, what they're processing. Mm-hmm. My son is still very young, but yeah, I think that, you know, overall, and, and we both working in film and television, like I've definitely had meetings with some of these places that make animation mm-hmm. and my stuff does tend to have a slight darkness to it and yeah. edge to it. Pretty much everything I do, that's just part of who I am. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, what age group do you really want this for? Right. Basically like this is for old, like you, the most you could do is like young adult. Like yeah. this is not for like anything younger than teenagers or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of started talking about what you just said of like, well, I feel like, you know, kids can handle, you know, and, and it was basically like that conversation was over before it started it's crazy. because they, they didn't want that. As a parent now, I do for a very young child be like, oh yeah, some of this stuff is a little too much. Like mm-hmm. every kid is different, but I feel like some of the stuff, we don't take him on all the rides. He literally just turned four, but like we don't take him on all the rides in Fantasyland because some of them are pretty scary. However, once you get to like seven, eight, nine years old 10 years old like that is a time where, like that's why fairy tales are so long lasting and why mm-hmm. they mean so much like there is a part of you that wants to look into the darkness even my four, four-year-old like yeah he gets scared at stuff but he wants to know more about it yeah he's curious about it yeah and he wants to kind of in his way face it and that in a way kind of takes away the scariness because you're like yeah i'm scared but tell me a little bit more and that's part of you know growing in that way and, and stuff so so anyway i guess I would say, like, if you would have asked me six years ago, I would have definitely said, like, yeah, all this stuff needs to be scary like it was in the 80s. Now, as a parent, I'm like, at a certain age, I think, yes. And I think the kids kind of find their way there. Like like I said, with my son, where I'm like, I don't force him to look at scary stuff if he's scared. But he has his own curiosity about it. And then I'm not going to, like, try and be overprotective. Like, no, you you can't. You can't. Like, there is stuff that, like, you process your fears through that stuff. Yeah. And... And I don't know, I guess I'm a little biased too, because it is, like I said, a part of my own sensibilities and stuff. I I like that stuff. But there's something, it's interesting too, because I feel like in that time in the 80s and into the 90s, like there there was this connection between a darkness and magic. And like so much of what's magical and imaginative and creative and fantasy is also has a dark side. Yeah. And... That's what I grew up on. I, I love know. it. You know, talking so. about Willow and like yeah. even Lord of the Rings yeah. and uh, yeah, all of that stuff. I no, I totally agree. And I mean, I was yeah, I don't know. I was watching scary stuff from the from a very young age. Even like think about Pinocchio, like yeah. which I know your son is a big fan of. Yeah, when they turn into donkeys on Pleasure Island, freaked me out when yeah. I was a kid. Monstro, still to this day, I think I've yeah. discussed this on the show before. Still to this day gets me in in my child brain somewhere where it freaks me out because one of my biggest fears is being swallowed whole by a whale. Sure. That's just scary, man. And so... And pretty likely. I I mean, that's why I stayed out of the ocean (laughs) because, you know, whales aren't going to come up on land and eat me. Yeah. So... That's why I stay out of the pool. Yeah. No, for real, man. You got to stay out of water. That's why I don't take baths. Yeah. Monster could come (laughs) from the... That's why we smell so bad. Yeah. We're afraid of being eaten by whales. You may think we're just lazy (laughs) or gross people. No, no, no. We're just being... if Cautious. You, yeah, yeah. You get around too much water, and monster is gonna come for you. Yeah, that's just that's just how yes. it goes. Yeah. But back to back to the ride. Yes, this. Uh, oh, right. Pretty much all of Epcot kind of embodies 
that vibe of a little scary, a little informative and educational, a little adventurous, always a sense of hope, mm-hmm. always a sense of forward thinking. And I could go on and on about early Epcot and the mission of it. Uh, it was born out of a, a utopian vision of a city from Walt himself that would have never worked. But even so, it's cool that he wanted to build the city of the future and make it a utopia where everybody could, you know, live together in peace and harmony. And Like Rapture from Bioshock. <laughs> uh, yeah, which was scary. It was. It was scary to walk around there and listen to little tapes. Yeah. Of uh, which gives you the backstory. Yeah. Or in my case, when I played the game Bioshock, yeah, I did not listen to the tape, so I did not know what the hell was going on. <laughs> I missed out on ninety percent of the story. Anyhow, so this original version of Journey into Imagination, uh, which opened in nineteen eighty three, and I again I watched it. I loved it so much, and and today and that song. There's a beautiful song, mm-hmm. uh, "Just One Spark," written by the Sherman Brothers, which you said you did not know. I did not know. I had heard part of the song before, but I did not know the Sherman Brothers. Right. The Sherman Brothers, who famously have done the songs for, well, I mean, Mary Poppins, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, They've done a lot of theme park work, including a lot of songs for early Epcot. But they also did, uh, do you know, you probably actually don't know the Carousel of Progress, do you? I do not. Uh, I know the Carousel of Sadness, which is my life. Oh, man. Well, this one's a little bit more uplifting, (laughs) the Carousel of Progress. It's it's an attraction. It's basically like a turntable-like show where you're going into different animatronic show scenes through different eras. That sounds awesome. Of the early 20th century, and it is wonderful. And they have a song called It's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, which I have here on my desk, a little (laughs) placard of There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow that I bought at Disney World or Disneyland. But one of my favorite songs of all time. And they, uh, to me, and they did the Tiki Room song. The Tiki 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 Room. Maybe all the songs. Wait, but how does it go? In the Tiki 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 Room. Okay. Have you been on the Tiki Room before? <laughs> you're just making, you're just razzing me. So, to me, the Sherman Brothers are the sound of Disney. That is Walt. That is the origins of Disney. Like, that, they are the soundscape of Disney to me. So that's what makes it so perfect that that's why the song that's in the ride really just strikes a chord with me because it is Disney distilled to its perfect form. So again, we're not, we're not trying to tell you that journey into imagination was great. There's no, there's no questioning that because it was, it was great. It was a 12 minute long ride. You have different scenes of uh, the dream finder, Figment, uh, again, spooky scenes. There's a great finale where Figment is uh, orchestrating uh, as you walk by an animatronic Figment. And on the screen, you see all these different Figments. Like, one's a superhero flying through the sky. One's like a bodybuilder. One's a chef. One's a mountain climber. And they're all the cutest little Figment puppets. Yeah, adorable. It's so cute and so wholesome and wonderful. Again, I I believe I truly believe that that trip to Epcot, but possibly just this ride alone, is what turned me not into just a Disney fan or a theme park fan, but a theme park nut. Like yeah. I love this stuff. I live for this stuff. So that's a really important thing for me. You want to get nuts, and you do get. Nuts. Come on, let's get nuts. So what happened was eventually the ride, uh, as it always happens, uh, got older. Uh, started to break down a little bit, and Epcot was built on a, uh, a burial a, ground. Uh, yes, they all the skeletons came out of the pool and attacked everybody, and I was there for that too. That was actually pretty scary when the 
when the dead people rose from the grave. That was I was there for that. So you that were was, there for that. That was pretty That's creepy. A core memory. Yeah, that was a core memory too. <laughs> uh, we barely survived. No. Uh, so Epcot was built with a lot of sponsors, corporate sponsors who. Mm-hmm put in the cash to make the rides and for the ride upkeep. Okay. And Kodak was the sponsor for Journey to Imagination. And by the late 90s, that's when digital photography started to come about. That's when the shift started to happen away from traditional film. So Kodak was kind of hurting, and they lowered their budget by a lot, or they dropped out. I, I forgive me for not knowing the exact detail. Do your research. But around the late nineties, they reopened, they refurbed the whole ride. They okay. changed it. They, they were going to do a drastic reinvention of this ride. And they gave them like no money to do it on. Okay. So they changed it to, but they had to do it because the ride was breaking down. It was, bre- it was outdated. Exactly. Okay. It was, it was just in disrepair. It was, and honestly, like, you know, by the late 90s, the 90s were a very different decade yeah. than the 80s. The 80s had a certain optimistic feel with, again, that darkness underneath it. The 90s was just cynicism and darkness. Yeah. And I don't think that Journey into Imagination fit the tone of the times. Well, I think what was so important, what you said about the original ride and and just sort of that aesthetic of the 80s was that there was still hope. Like, even when stuff got dark or got scary, there was still hope or love or some sort of like positive joyful a great big beautiful tomorrow yeah at the end of it all that made you f- feel like you know there there was still light at the yeah end of the tunnel. you walked it yeah you walked out of every ride with a smile on your face yeah. and and your toe tapping and uh, but by the 90s things had changed yeah, and man. disney's had certainly changed and too cool for that man yeah no we were about to go into the year 2000 was on the way the millennium celebration was happening at epcot and they opened this ride up as Journey into Your Imagination, which completely rethought it. And again, it was on a budget. And so instead of it being Figment and Dreamfinder, Dreamfinder was out. Oof. He was gone. Oof. And in his place was Eric Idle, for some reason, of Monty Python. Sure. Uh, who I love. I love Eric Idle. But it was about uh, the Imagination Institute. They were having people run experiments on their imagination. And the ride was just depressing. Bro, we watched a video of it together. Thank God it was not a 12-minute ride. It was like five minutes. Yeah, they cut half the track out. That's crazy. Which is wild. But I was glad that they did, as it turned out, because it was horrible. Like, I I wanted it to be over. Yeah. And And I really did not love this sort of, like, I, Figment was basically nowhere to be seen. Yeah, there was one little thing that reminded me of Figment, and I think you said at the end he says something. But it, but I was just like, "Where's that cute little guy? And like, what is this? And yeah. why is it? And they diss you as soon as you get on the ride, like you're you're in the little people mover or whatever it is. What did you call it? Uh, it's called an Omni Mover, but Omnimover. People Mover is Omnimover. an Omni Mover. So they have a like mirror thing, like they do in the haunted mansion at Disneyland, but like where you're looking at yourself in the mirror, and it shows like. You don't have an imagination, yeah. basically. Like, yeah. oh, good thing you're here because your imagination sucks. Thanks for coming to Epcot. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Eric Idle tells you. Like, yeah. you have no imagination. Let's go and do some experiments. All the experiments are lame, lame as, as shit. They have nothing going on. There's not, not one interesting thing about the entire ride. There's almost no animatronics, I think. There might be no animatronics on the entire ride except for... There's one butterfly in a cage that they that's oh, right, still there right, to right. this day. But besides that, and that is just a butterfly swinging back and forth, 
there's not much there and all of those like there's a couple optical illusions i think in that and and like those are all things i've seen other places like there was nothing that was spectacular about yeah. this ride at all and it is a the omni mover i'm actually glad that you talked about all that because even when i watched the first one i was like wait what are are they on what like is this like what is it small world where right. you're like on water oh, yeah, yeah. is this like they're just walking through i was very confused in the beginning yeah if it was a walking ride and then at the end you see him i guess get off of the omni yeah. mover. but so, same thing there's a track but it was just like there's one spot where things are upside down or like are on the ceiling instead of on the floor yeah it's and that's the, like, the gravity experiment wow and nothing's moving. Well, there is actually one cool effect I thought, which you can't tell really me. Please you tell can't me. see super well in the video that we watch. But there's an upside down sink, and you see it's actually pouring into okay. the sink. That's pretty cool. I but guess. but that is such an easily missed detail when all you're it. looking at is a normal ass house that just happens to be upside down. Also, I know this was just a video, and I even said, well, maybe this is cooler in person, but. It was just like dark for the first yes. like minute of the ride. Lots of where darkness. I was like uh what's happening no it, it's terrible not surprisingly people didn't like it there was a big backlash and this was one of those rare disney rides that they admitted defeat really early on <laughs> and shut it down so they shut it down for another i don't know a couple years and did another reboot of it this time they wised up and they brought back one of the more successful parts of the original ride which was figment mm-hmm. himself now, instead of it being uh, an Imagination Institute where they tell you you're dumb and you suck, uh, it's supposed to be an open house for the Imagination Institute where they employ other ride, uh, other uh, scientists of note from the Disney library, uh, such as Wayne Zielinski, who mm-hmm. is uh, from uh, Honey, mm-hmm. I Shrunk the Kids, played by Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. We also have um, uh, Robin Williams from Flubber, and now I'm uh, his name is escaping me, but... But right. it's nice to see giant portraits. Mr. Flubber. Mr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Per- Flubber. Percival D. Flubber. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get giant uh, portraits of these guys. So it's uh, in the uh, the queue as you're walking onto the ride. Right. It's nice to see Robin Williams, R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see Rick Moranis. We don't get to see him nearly enough these days since he retired from acting. Yeah. And there's also a giant portrait of Eric Idle as Dr. Nigel Channing mm-hmm. uh, and Figment. So it's fun to see old Figment. You know right away that he's back, baby. Yeah, baby. And so also they had Oppenheimer for some reason. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah they I, didn't. And, and they put his quote, "I am become death" right yeah, underneath it. It's really Figment, uplifting. Figment shouts, "Yeah, I am become death. I am become death." <laughs> so you're you're at an, an open house for this. So you're just checking things out. And uh, little Figment, after a, an intro from Eric Idle, decides to be a little a little stinker. <laughs> and uh, literally in a few scenes from now, but he's a little stinker and he comes in and wants to mess around with the, the tour. And so we go through, we're supposed to be going through the five senses, right? Okay. We only go through three of them. Sure. Because, you know, budget cuts. Sure. Uh, but obviously Figment comes in, he's messing with everything. It's very 2002 graphics. The graphics yeah. are not great, but it's nice to see the guy, you know? Oh, that's it. So they actually are going towards taste and touch, right? Yeah. Or and something? they're like, mm, maybe not these. Yeah. Because there's no way we can do those in a ride. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get sued for touching you. Uh, But we go through the sound lab. So you go into a big soundproof room. And it's supposed to be just, you know, doing like binaural audio. But then Figment shows up and messes it all up and does a big crazy orchestra. Does the train of thought. So it's a big train sound. All of this was in 
pure darkness in the last version. So <laughs> even just seeing Figment yeah. is nice. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 um, I was glad that I was happy to see Figment was back. Um, I found him more charming in the first ride, I will say. He was more charming in the first ride. Um, he, they, he did that thing in this ride where they go a little bit over the top where it almost becomes like, eh, you can go away now. Yeah. But, um, but it was great to see him back. It was great to see a lot more of the brightness and stuff back. Um, the ride itself seemed much more, uh, had a bigger budget yeah. and seemed much more enjoyable. Um, I thought it was funny. I mentioned this while we were watching it, but like, I feel like in that time period too, so many of these rides were like, something went wrong. Or like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the this is my first time driving Star Tours too. Like, there's yeah. always something that's like, uh oh. Yeah. Which, let me just say, that's my favorite setup for anything. Like, <laughs> the Jurassic Park ride, Jurassic. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's just called the Jurassic Park River Adventure. When you are going to Hadrosaur Cove, where it's going to like, you're going to go hang out with the nice herbivore dinosaurs, and then a Hadrosaur pops his head up and blows water on you, yeah. and then you get diverted to the carnivore area. Yeah. Great. It's it's amazing. <laughs> like, I love stuff like that. Or, yes, I mean, the, the best example is Rex from yeah. Star Tours, which you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, voiced by the great Paul Rubens, and I miss that version desperately. Although I do like C three PO, yeah, he has the same energy of somebody who's like, I haven't done this today. Yeah. I, I've never done this before. It's I pretty done this today. <laughs> done this today. That's a lie, C three PO. You've been doing this since the the, the rope drop uh, at ten a.m. Um, but so, there's something fun about the original that I do miss. Like I, yes, you know, and uh, to sound like in my day, but like there was something really classic about that setup and yes. about that whole sort of like oh that's my first time. like there's just a really fun um uh it is it's I, I think it works you know it works for a reason it's just yeah. like oh something went wrong right and i guess they still that's still sort of how it is in star tours but it's just c-3po and yeah R2-D2. yeah c-3po was there to to recalibrate the ship or something and yeah we we had to take off because darth vader shows up or kylo ren or whoever right but in the original ride, Figment's a little bit more childlike and yeah. a little bit more fun. He's not, like I said, he's not a stinker in the first one as much. Yeah. I think he's he's Dreamfinder's buddy, his 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 pal, his co-pilot, yeah. and he's trying to help Dreamfinder as Dreamfinder's imagination runs wild. Figment's there to pick up the pieces and and help him keep it all contained. That's more my vibe. That that is my vibe too. Don't get me wrong. I I if I were to pick one version of Figment over the other, it would be the first version 100 percent of the time. But in this new version, at least he's there. Yeah, you know, totally fun. I'm not. I'm. I'm not trying to poo-poo. What, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. Yeah, as they say. But it was just, just a, as a side note, I prefer the first version. But yeah, it was super cool to see him. I'm, I was so glad that he was back, and it was kind of fun to see him in different versions. Like, there's him as the sort of animated, which is that very th- like 3D, <laughs> yeah. an, not 3D, very like PlayStation Two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And um, I'm sure cutting edge technology at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but then they also did have animatronic. Uh, yes, thank God. Um, as well. So it was kind of fun to see the different versions. Of yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah, there's like animated. There's like a, a vignette where they go to the site lab and he messes up a, a an eye chart. Yeah. And we see like a silhouetted animated version of him, which is fun. And uh, none of these things are like groundbreaking. None of these things are like the most amazing thing. Let me just get that out of the way. Like <laughs> there is no touching the original. But we go from there, we go then to a, the smell lab where Figment runs a big smell machine, like a like a, a slot machine in Vegas, and turns into a skunk. We see him right. transform into a skunk, and then it blows air on you, and then it blows a scent, which is not pleasant. 
that apparently is burnt coffee smell, oh. uh, according to the internet. But then you eventually go and and not Nigel Channing, who has been against it the whole time, saying no, Figman, don't. Uh, we got to get you out of here. Says, you know what? If you can't beat him, join him. Maybe imagination isn't so bad. And then we get the grand finale, which is wonderful, which is a giant room of a shitload of figgies. Yeah, There's so many awesome. figments. That was awesome. That was my favorite. I mean, as it should be, I guess it's the grand finale. But that was definitely my favorite part. Of it. And and it's great because you're in. A, you come up to a bunch of computer banks where Eric Idle shows up, and then they go black after a couple. Of, after he basically says again, if you can't beat him, join him. The screens go black. They basically vanish. In, in a split second, and then the lights come back on in a kaleidoscope of color, a, a giant room of clouds and rainbows, yeah. and there's just different figments. One's in an airplane, one's a spaceman. It's just wonderful, and it's just populated so well with figments, and it really, that is the moment that really captures the spark, pun intended, of the original ride, where... Yeah, we we see that hope, we see that yeah. that that brightness, that fun. Uh, we don't get the scariness ever yeah. really in this ride. That's okay, I, and that's fine. I, I well, actually, we do. I act, I take it back. There's oh. a moment coming up at the very end where you oh. get something that is incredibly <laughs> creepy and scary, Un- unintentionally scary. I think. Yeah. So then you go through like a star room, uh, and it's just really pretty areas. You go through a star room where it's uh, Nigel Channing and Figment singing the uh, one little spark song. And at the very, very end, you have a hitchhiking figment and a spacesuit. And right next to him is a giant moon that's moving back and forth. And it's Eric Idle's face superimposed <laughs> on the moon. And it is creepy as shit. It is pretty frightening looking. It it's is. It's bizarre. It just looks so weird. So weird. It is so <laughs> wild. And uh, I always take a video of it because <laughs> it's like you said about being scared of something but wanting it more. Yeah. I want that on my phone so that I can relive it whenever I want and be disgusted and appalled. But anytime I want, I gotta I gotta take yeah. a look at that. Yeah. Um, so th- so that's what the ride is now. And again, it, it's sort of faint praise that we're saying. But this is a show called Here's Why It's Great. So yes. what I want to say is, after going on it as a kid, and again, this being such a core memory, I had not been on it for many many years. Then in 2021, I took uh, my brother and his wife to Epcot. They are Epcot pros. Okay. That's their favorite park. They love doing the... the. Okay, well, actually, let me just say... Just give me a chance to talk more about Epcot. So sure. they have some rides, but do you know the like the thing that is the hook of Epcot? Isn't it that it, there's different sections that are all like based on different parts of the world? Yes. Okay. There's a whole... I mean, this park is gigantic. It's like at least... Two or three times the size of Disneyland. But at the very back of the park, yeah, they have uh, World Showcase, which is, I don't know, 10, 12 different countries where there's a pavilion for each one. And they're big and they're impressive. Like, uh, I know, like, the Mexico one has a giant, like, temple built, like a like a Chichen Itzu style temple that you go inside and there's a big boat ride where you oh, go wow. with the three caballeros. And it's wonderful. And, like, they have that. They have, um, let's see, Morocco. England, France, Italy, Canada, China, Japan, uh, and I'm sure I'm leaving some out, but that is like the draw of that park, really, because I think as adults, it's a lot of people who want to drink around the world, because you can get usually like, you know, wine from France and a margarita from Mexico and then a beer. And like last time when my brother and I went not too long ago, we definitely had a beer at the English pub there. It was great. So get a Guinness. 
No, I, I'm not a Guinness guy. I got probably the palest, weakest beer that they had because I like it. Uh, but I am a I'm a I'm a beer wimp. Okay. So we uh, so anyway, Alex and Sarah, my uh, brother and sister in law, are just like big Epcot heads. They love it, but they had some misconception about this ride. Oh. They had a misconception that this was a show, or oh. they're not big show folk, or at least I, I'm converting them into show folk slat, uh, slowly, but. They thought it was a show, or they just never went to that corner of the park. Again, the place is massive. You could easily miss it. Even though it is a gorgeous building, housed inside giant glass pyramids. It's like the Louvre. Louvre. It's the Louvre on crack. Uh, the monorail runs right past it. I actually got, last time Alex and I were there, I got him specifically to take a picture of me in front <laughs> of it. And I have done this thing lately where if I go to a big theme park day, I'm taking a, an old Kodak uh, disposable camera mm. and get it like on real film. So I had him take one of me with the Kodak because it gives it that 80s, 90s quality a little sure. bit. Wonderful. Anyhow, so it's a beautiful building, but they had always missed it. And I, when we went in 2021, I said, well, we got to go see Figment. And they were like, who? Wow. And it blew wow. my mind that they had never been as many times as they've been to this park. I think they focus on Test Track, which is kind of like the Cars ride out here. Okay. It's a big thrill ride. They love the the, the World Showcase. They're uh, Spaceship Earth, the one with the Phoenicians. Uh, they love that ride. Ancient aliens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously. Sure. Yeah, obviously. Anyway, so I took them on this ride for the first time, and I went on it, and I knew that it wasn't going to be the original. I knew it was this new version, and, yeah. and I had heard bad things about it. But I went on it, and I thought, that was pretty fun. Like, I liked it. Like, I enjoyed it. It was good It was good to see my old friend Figment. Like, sure. I love that guy. He's great. Sure. Alex and Sarah loved it so much. Oh, awesome. They were instant converts they were like i they basically said like i can't believe we've never done that before and that really told me the power of imagination (laughs) no but the power of figment as a character Uh and was that something they really loved was they're obsessed with figment and who can blame them he's adorable as shit in fact i just saw i went to disneyland recently and they have a an art gallery there and they had a little postcard of figment and uh, a bunch of different versions of figment so i obviously bought one and sent it to them it's now a thing um right over here actually they had little uh epcot's for those listening john just reached over with his sweaty palm yeah my sweaty stinky palm yeah and picked up a pin a pin of my boy figgy uh figment uh, and he's got little stars all over him this is like for the parks uh i think the 50th anniversary of Uh. Of Walt Disney World, these were all blind packs of pins, and I saw that they had a figment. I bought one pack. I was like, I am putting my life into my hands on this, yeah. and the one pack had figment in it, and I've never been happier in my life. Golden ticket. Rarely do I win in life, but this was a real win for me, was this little pin. Anyway, so they were immediately transfixed by him, immediately into him, and now figment is this thing that we share, which I love to any time that I see a figment thing or... They see a figment thing, they'll send me pictures. Or um, There was a big thing last year where uh, Disney introduced a figment popcorn bucket. Maybe okay. you, I, I don't know. This was a, no. at least in theme park circles, this was a big, <laughs> a big story because the day that it came out, there was like a, I want to say a three or four hour line to, to get a, a figment popcorn bucket. Of course, had they waited a week. They never ran out because they're not stupid. The, the, Disney's not going to leave money on the table. Right. Um, you could get it no problem, like, immediately. 
And when I went in February, they had the pop. They had a whole station of popcorn buckets. Oh wow! In fact, they had a whole room that was like a little. Uh, Alex and I went for his birthday, and I took him to the Star Wars hotel, which. I mean, the, sadly, that's going to be closing soon. It's closing before the end of the year, which yeah, is sorry. wild. R.I.P. Galactic Star Cruiser, the Halcyon. Scumbags. Yeah. Villainy. Villains. I know. Uh, and that also is a, a new core memory is, is going to the Halcyon and, and me and Alex's cruise. But we went and they uh, were doing the Food and Wine Festival and they had a whole restaurant that was a imagination slash figment restaurant. A lot of like rainbow neon, a lot of painted pictures of figment, a couple of little figurines here and there. It was wonderful. We had the best time. We had a little uh, multicolored cake and I think like a parfait of some kind. Delicious. But, scum and villainy. Sorry, but, <laughs> I think I said scumbags. Yeah, but yeah. You got, you got me. I yeah. got you. I was, knew what you meant. It's it was starting to a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yes, thank right. you. I was. I couldn't let it go. So sorry. Please but continue. the popcorn buckets were a big story <laughs> in 2022 at some point, and so the thing is, I think Figment is truly a special figure. I think he is something like you with a Figment toy when you were a kid. Yeah, something that captured your imagination, something you love, something you want to hug. I want to hug Figment. Uh, when we were watching the videos just now, they would show uh, pre and post uh, the ride. And there was one that was post ride where it was showing little figment tchotchkes yeah. uh, at the uh, gift shop afterwards. And I'm upset that I didn't get them myself. Like, yeah. I wish I had a little figment sitting on my desk. Like, I, I know they had figment plushies, but they were a little bit bigger than what I could travel with at the time. So yeah. I didn't get one. But my mine, I mean, obviously I was a child, but... It wasn't huge, you know. It was a, it was a, kind of a perfect size for a kid, you know, where you could just kind of cuddle with it. And yeah, I, it's so funny because I have such a vivid memory of just even how it felt. Yeah. And um, this pin is that you brought out is is adorable. I think the character is just so adorable. He's and so cute. The idea of like a figment of your imagination and how that ties into Disney and it all being magical. Yeah. Like, it's kind of perfect. And it was the idea of a, a huge uh, seminal figure in the Imagineering crowd named Tony Baxter. He uh, is one who created Star Tours, mm. uh, Big Thunder Mountain, uh, all of Disneyland Paris, uh, which I also did end up loving, <laughs> and this ride. And apparently he's the one who came up with Figment. They were trying to figure out a name for him, for this mm. character. They had the design, and then apparently he had just hit him one night, and he came in the next day. And he's like, I want you guys to meet Figment and laid the picture on the desk. And that was that. And um, I actually had a brief run in with Tony Baxter. This is how much of a theme park nerd I am (laughs) as I recognize a fucking Imagineer out in the world. Like I saw him. It was at Disney. It was at Carthay Circle at, at California Adventure. And we were in the middle of dinner and I went to the bathroom and I saw this guy. He's tall, got a mustache, a very 80s kind of look about him. But... I knew him instantly. I watched, you know, I watched every episode of the Imagineering story when it came out. I knew what he looked like long before that, but I saw him, and it was uh, the most butterflies I've ever had. Um, it was I, like I've I've been in the same room with like Clint Eastwood and Angelina Jolie. Clint Eastwood kind of did it because his stare is very intense, but I don't think I've gotten that starstruck by anybody in a very long time. I've gotten living in LA and working in the industry, you just get used to celebrities. Tony Baxter, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, guys, do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? And everyone said no. Yeah, and everyone said no. And I said, <laughs> well, he's the guy. We just rode Thunder Mountain. He's the guy. He is the Thunder Mountain guy. And uh, I wanted so badly to say hi and to shake his hand. The only reason I held off mm. was because we had both just come out of the bathroom. 
and my hands were still like you know a little damp from yeah, washing from the them. Poop. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. Poop on them. Yeah, I had. They were just covered in shit. Right. So I didn't want to get my poops on Tony Baxter. Right. But no, uh, my 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 damp hands kept me, and I just thought oh, it's kind of weird to like go up sure. to a guy right as you come out of the bathroom with him. Uh, and he, you know, he was with people and stuff, but really wanted to just say thank you, sir, for everything you really contribute. I mean, yeah. truly contributed a lot to my life, to my childhood, to I mean, again, the creation of Figment alone that is huge for me, bro. I wish you would have done it because then he could really say somebody came up to me and said, sir. Sir, <laughs> with tears in his eyes, big guy, big strong guy. guy. <laughs> I would have had tears. I am a big guy, uh, not so strong as much anymore. But, um, but no, I uh, that I mean, gosh, the, yeah, the amount of stuff that that man has created that has affected my life is uh, immeasurable. Um, that's but, awesome. But I'm I mean, go- that's that's just really cool that you got to see him and that he meant so much to you. Yeah, so yeah. That it was at Disney. That's really cool. And uh, yeah, the fact that it was at Disney just really did take it over the edge. And one of my favorite spots in Disney, which is Carthay Circle, which is just a wonderful restaurant. Good bathrooms. Great. I mean, truly, yes. Actually, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it was uh, what I'm saying though. What I'm getting around to is the power of Figment as a character yeah. is something that I think Disney is now onto. Because they have started to roll out more Figment merch, and I think they're raising his profile. But they haven't run him into the ground with movies and cartoons and other kinds of merchandise and video games. So Figment is still this somewhat pure figure that is the embodiment of imagination in a weird way. Even though he's just a purple dragon that could be any cartoon character, ultimately. But he does have an interesting design. I guess, you know, maybe we should talk about that for those people who don't know what he looks like. He's a little chubby dragon with a forked tail. Uh, He's purple, which is probably another reason I really like him. I've always liked the the color purple. And I do, and, and I do mean the movie, and I'm looking forward to the new version coming out later this year with a blue poster. Figment has uh, little orange wings, like mm-hmm. little baby tiny wings. I don't know how he flies on these things <laughs> through the power of imagination. And uh, the most interesting thing about him, he's got like a little beak, and he's got his eyes are yellow for some reason. Yeah, I've never quite understood the yellow eyes, but it really is distinctive. Yeah. Like, I hope he's not jaundiced. He's definitely got jaundiced, uh-huh. and that's why you feel for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an empathy. Um, but he's got these big, expressive yellow eyes and, like, a couple little horn- orange horns. Yeah. Simple design. But he's, like, cute. Like, even oh, like so cute. Even, like, Pete's dragon. Like, it's a huge dragon. It's a, no, uh, that is actually imagination, I guess. But yeah. it's a huge dragon. Yeah. And this is, like, Lockheed. Uh, size dragon. Oh, you know what? Lockheed is also purple. Purple. Interesting. Lockheed and Figment do share a lot of similarities. They do. And Lockheed, uh, we're talking about uh, from the X Men. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, dragon, an alien. Is he an alien? Or is he from? Or is he? I think he's actually from another dimension. He's from another dimension. But he's a little dr- purple dragon with tiny little wings. He blows yeah. fire, and he's uh, Kitty Pride's pet. Yeah. Damn. I think Lockheed. I think Figment. Is created is Lockheed, dude. Dude, they're the same, bro. Whoa, well, Never seen fine. Tony Baxter's place. out. <laughs> he's a he's a thief. No, uh, well, well, maybe Lockheed maybe, is not cute though. Lockheed's not. He's not he's, as cute. Although little, there are he, times it's kind of cute. He's a little cute. He's a, he's a little cutie pie. He's a little cutie pie. I give him a little kiss on his little <laughs> little face. Um, <laughs> but so, but back to Figment. Yeah, Figment is adorable. He's adorable. Uh, he's just like, he's not scary, but he's cool. He's a little dragon. And I just like that 
story of like he's a figment of imagination like it's just something magical about it but i do like i do think that him being little and just being like cuddly very huggable huggable and he could be anybody's friend because if he is truly just a figment of your imagination like anybody could have figment as a friend i could you could my mom could I think, therefore, I figment. Yeah. Barack Obama could. Yeah. You know Barack Obama probably loves figment. He probably is really the one who, like, incepted figment. Thanks, Obama. Uh, so, in the pin that we're looking at, uh, he is currently naked. Oh, so yeah. he, he's letting it all hang out. He's naked. But very often, they will put him in a cute little yellow sweater. With, like a ye- yellow yeah. turtleneck sweater with red trim. And that shit is also super adorable. Very cute. Actually, they dress him up in a bunch of different ways. I think, uh, but well, that is very that is very popular. But like his iconic, yeah. iconically, he's in a yellow sweater. Yeah. And so I think the power of Figment is huge, and I do think that Disney is kind of sitting on a gold mine by not exploiting that. I'm also happy that they're not because I don't want could Figment to get of, overexposed. Could be a matter of time. You know, yeah. I'm sure maybe there's stuff in development right now, Probably. but nobody's writing it because this is 2027. The, <laughs> the world, world has, has ended. ended and hashtag WGA strong. <laughs> but I think like Figment has now become this legend among parks people mm. like myself. And, you know, obviously it's spread beyond just that, but he's this figure that we're all interested in every, I mean, again, the buckets were such a big deal because of nerds like me. That yeah, if a new oh, piece the popcorn of popcorn yeah, the the popcorn buckets. It's like if a new piece of figment merchandise comes out. Yeah, it's amazing. But we're kind of. I mean, we're also overlooking uh, the Dreamfinder himself, who's very cool. Yeah, it was they, fun. I never saw him live, but I've seen lots of video and a lot of pictures where they actually had a guy walking around as the Dreamfinder. Oh, just in the park. Or in the at park. That? Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the park, and uh, he had he had figment. It was like one of those fake arms, and like he was puppeteering oh, figment on like carrying him around. So one hand was free, and then one hand was puppeteering figment. Man, I would have killed to that's see them. Awesome. It's rad as shit. Uh, so that was that's really cool. But obviously, I think the Dreamfinder is somebody who we're not going to hear from again. Sadly, I think he's. He's off chasing that big dream in the in the sky and his yeah. little blimp. Yeah, uh, his blimp, He's which dead. was <laughs> right. Yeah, he fell off the blimp. I mean, <laughs> you know, there wasn't a seatbelt on that thing, so yeah, it was you the know, 80s. he couldn't imagine himself up a parachute <laughs> or nothing, unfortunately. But no, that his blimp has now been like broken up into pieces and it's all over different areas of Epcot, so it still survives to this day. Oh, really? It Just has. in like little like bits and pieces. Of it. There are not every bit of it, but there's um from when it exploded. Yeah, from when it's after the crash, um, the Disney Imagineers were able to salvage parts of the uh, the Dream Catcher, I think, or okay, the Dream sure. the Dream Blimp, yeah. and uh, take what they could and and put it into a shop and a restaurant. And if all of those pieces combine, is it like the Infinity Stones? It's like uh, more like the Horcruxes of oh, okay. uh, Voldemort's soul. Oh. So the Dreamfinder isn't dead. He's actually come. He is uh, living through. The what's left of his ship. Wow. So there's probably a small child somewhere who's the final Horcrux. Yeah. You know what? Maybe that's me. It's probably you. It's probably me, dude. You're the small child. I'm the one. I'm the boy who lived. I'm the boy. I'm the boy who imagined. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, again, but Dreamfinder, not sadly not present anymore. It's just down to Figment. And uh, obviously Eric Idle is very old now because this ride uh, came out, uh, it opened in 2002. So we're now the newest version. The newest version that we watched today is 21 years old as of this recording. And I I would imagine that it's not long for this world. It is in need of an update, 
but I still stand by. I think it's a lot of fun. I love going into that building. Again, it's gorgeous outside. Beautiful fountains, and it's still got that 80s vibe. It's the same as it was 30, 40 years ago when the place opened. The thing that we haven't talked about, because we've just focused on the ride portion of it, is that there's stuff leading up to it, and then afterward, you can actually go and have a more tactile experience or a hands-on experience with... I mean, you know this better than I do because I've never been there. But in right. the video, there was like, you can go and touch this experiment and go and do that experiment and go yes. and, and like actually uh, interact with the stuff that's there. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool, particularly as a parent. Like the idea of after this ride, you can go and kind of put into practice some of these ideas or like sort of, you know, steam before steam of like, um, you know, touching these these things that are about science or about, yeah. you know, colors and senses and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's called image works and it's uh, yeah, it's a bunch of small exhibits where it's a lot of like motion tracking stuff where you can control figment with your, you can make mm-hmm. them fly around using your motion. Uh, or I believe there's one that was like, it's a black and white and you can pick the colors and you can color figment however you want. Although who would fuck with that purple and yellow? <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, and uh, there are other things. Uh, when I went most recently, which is the first time of going on this version of the ride, that was all closed. Cause it was, you know, still oh. pandemic times and, sure. Uh, we, I think we're just in a hurry when we went, uh, when I went in February with my brother. So we kind of spread, sped right through it, but I spread the uh, virus. We, we spread. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, when we were walking through in February, Alex is very driven. He, I, there were several times where, you know, I'm in my forties now. I had yeah. to tell him we got to take a sit Slow break, down. bro. Let's just, yeah. Let's, let's, let's sit, I need, sit down for a minute. I need to sit for 10 minutes. Okay. He is not that way. He is go, go, go. He is a, uh, you know, I, I feel proud because he's as big of a theme park weirdo as I am. And he just wants to hit it all and wants to do it all. And I respect that. But I, my body gave out a few points. Sure. But one of the times when I wanted to take a little slowdown break was when we were leaving this ride and all the image work stuff. I think more of it was open. Mm. So I could, we could have done some of it. And Alex was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lame. Whatever. Let's keep going. And I was like, oh, but, but there's a weird tunnel thing. What, what does that go to? looks like, I mean, it, it's probably just a lot of like Instagram picture spots, but yeah. even so. Yeah. You're like, give me, Hey, look at that bench over there. What does that do? Oh, I it, did do that one it holds time. Me I did do that. Sit. The only way I could get him to really sit was if I uh, uh, got him, you know, we get a snack or something. Like, well, we have to sit down to eat the snack. Sure. So, you and it was the food. Snacks all day. Yeah, kind of. We I don't <laughs> think we had a meal that whole day. We just ate little. They had booths for the the food and wine festival or whatever festival. Uh, but it was it was great. It was a wonderful day with my brother. Uh, I will cherish it forever. But we did go on the Figment ride then. It was I had a blast. We had a really the good time. The Figment ride now. Well, that's I'm, how important a Figment is. I it's mean, called the Figment well, ride. Well, he is in the title. It's Journey into Imagination with Figment. They wanted to make it very clear. We're bringing back the the bro that you love, Lil Figgy. Uh, <laughs> he's back, baby. And I do imagine that this ride will probably close at some point to get reimagined yet again. All I hope is that they can keep figment around and maybe go back to more of that feeling of true, like the boundless nature of imagination and that, that, that joy, that, that all that feeling that we have lost a little bit with this. It's a fun ride. I recommend it to anybody who's going to Epcot. 
just to see figment alone and that finale is wonderful the again the big rainbow room with a billion figments is just great you there's no that is undeniable that's wonderful and they re- they resurrected the song uh the one little spark song that he and dreamcatcher um or sorry dreamfinder sang together and now it's him and eric idol singing it together not as good but it's just a wonderful song and it just lifts your heart and lifts your spirit every time you hear it, and and I just want that that spirit lift that again that uh, yeah I don't know like I said the boundless nature of imagination I mean yeah. come on let's tap into that yeah. Disney I know that probably isn't cheap to do, um, and I I just want more uh, fewer screens more animatronics I want yeah. more figment animatronics I want varied figment animatronics but yeah. i'm excited to see what happens to this ride when it eventually does close down because i think it is about that time for it to find a new form i hope they i hope they turn toward the light and the hope and they don't go dark with figment and now he's like he's like killing people yeah he's, he's wearing like, like a beanie a black beanie and yeah. smoking a cigarette and he's like he's like this is for the death of imagination yeah and then he like yeah kills a dragon yeah uh or he's like my parents um, are dead <laughs> his parents are well Dreamfinder is Dreamfinder is yeah, dead he's, he's like um i won't get the jab i did my own research because <laughs> <laughs> he is in florida <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're indoctrinating the kids Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now I hope they do do that. Um, that really, is... I just wanted to do this podcast for an excuse to do my own figment impression saying horrible stuff. <laughs> well, that's what he would have said when I was there in 2021. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm breathing my own CO2. I'm not going to wear a mask. Uh, one of my favorite things, too, is the guy who does the voice of figment is Dave Goals, who does uh, Gonzo the Great, uh, who has done Gonzo oh. and the Muppets forever. Wow. And uh, so they need to do a new ride soon because all those original Muppet guys are not going to be around forever. And I'm sure you can find somebody else who can do the voice, but I think that AI probably sadly. Yeah. Uh, but I need uh, one more performance from him as figment or yeah. If they make a figment movie or something, just like hire me the hire the two of us to write it. Yeah. yeah and we, we promise we won't make him ban drag shows or <laughs> uh, you know, whatever uh, sign legislation to ban books. Catcher in the Rye is pornography. <laughs> just an hour, just one more hour of you doing these <laughs> some alts, just throw, just just throwing out. Yeah, um, yeah. No, this is good. This is good. We we should definitely be in the writers' room for it. And uh, but no, I think uh, after the strike, after the strike. Well, of course, us. yeah, we can't do it now. Pencils down. The, hashtag WGA strong. Yeah, baby. Again, just uh, to close it out. Yeah, Figment's wonderful. Figment is wonderful. Uh, the, the power of imagination is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love any ride that embraces that. I love that spirit. And truly, I love anything that's not like movie IP yeah. in Disney parks. Because the newest ride is a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And let me tell you what. It's incredible. It's also undeniable. It's just like that is an amazing ride. But you ca- I miss the days when Disney could have a character that was just a Disney thing. Yeah. You know? And uh, even even Nigel Channing, played by Eric Idle, was a character they introduced in a different Disney attraction. They did it. Uh, he was introduced in Honey, I Shrunk the Audience when he was doing the the I forget I guess the Shrinking Institute 
where he had Wayne Zielinski shrink the audience. But just cool that they had a character that carried over from one attraction to another. Yeah. That's also wonderful. I love I love that about it. And Multiverse. Yeah, man. Of madness. Multiverse of madness. <laughs> no, uh, I totally hear you. I yeah. think it's really cool that Disney had... Like, that there are a few things that are just... Disney and that are just related to the park. Yeah. And I hope that they can keep that unless they want to hire us to do the movie, of course. Right. But the dark, um, edgy figment the movie. The dark figment. Yeah. Of a broken imagination. Yeah. The figment uh, cinematic universe is going to start with uh, Figment Begins. Yeah. And it's going to be the origins of Figment. Yeah. And it's not going to be the Dreamfinder imagining him. No, no, no. no it's going to no, be no, no. everybody he ever loved dying. Yeah. Maybe the Dreamfinder of COVID. Of COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe the dream finder can be in a mental institution and because of COVID complications and they actually crack open his brain and figment mm. comes out like literally comes out like a monster coming yeah. out of the like primordial soup. Yes. Well, I was going to say if we did a figment movie, probably the tag at the end would be the dream finder somewhere. It would be him. And, uh, they're like, oh, so, you know, like a guy getting out of a cab and like, oh, sir, what are you looking for? And he turns around and he's like, one little spark. <laughs> and then it would cut to black, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he wouldn't have the big beard yet. He wouldn't have the but hair. But John Connery? <laughs> well, I was just doing my best dream one finder. Well, we could do uh, we could do AI Sean Connery, bring yes. him back to life. I mean, no. No to AI. No to AI. W- yes. Hashtag WGA strong. <laughs> um but yeah, we'll uh, the the final tag. I think the twist of the movie, truly, if it was if it, if we're setting up a universe, then we're gonna tag it. We're gonna tease yeah. Dreamfinder at the end. If yeah. it's a solo movie, then the twist at the end is that it's all in the Dreamfinder's imagination and a mental institution. He's he's gone loopy. Yeah, and he's he's gone mad, driven mad by his own imagination. Yeah, but that, that's that, and like, the COVID. I feel like that's more of a standalone movie. If we're trying to build a franchise, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. all about franchises. Right. Yeah. Then we should introduce the dream killer. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. You know, have a big um, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dream. Yeah, definitely the dream killer. Uh, the dream hater. Uh, yeah. The dream. Uh, I mean, we can also make the dream maker. The dream maker. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you know, somebody's gonna make the dream for the dream finder to find. Sure. And it's gonna get confusing because they're all gonna have the word dream. But that's what's great about it because every franchise is confusing, bro. Yeah, that's true. So that is apparently what audiences want nowadays is confusion. Yeah. just We just want to be flummoxed. We also have to have a series of novels that everyone will have to read before watching the movies. Yeah. And then a game that they'll have to have played in between each movie. Right. And then a card game that they will have to look at but throw away. Right. right. In order to gain too access. Ma- too many rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, don't forget about the Disney Plus series. Yes, that's going to be yes. sixty-seven uh, episodes. Yeah, and sense. then the first, the, it's going to take like four episodes for you to get into it. It's a six-episode season. It'll take probably four episodes for you to get into it. Two more episodes for you to feel like it was even worth that amount of time, and then about three seasons for you to care about them, and then it'll get horrible. Right, <laughs> right, right. Just get to episode like sixty, man. It gets really good by it episodes. Gets- pretty good it gets all right you know it's not it's okay there's like one good moment by episode 60 but yeah. you have to watch it if you want to understand the movie yes and um, that's where we get them yeah it's like uh you know spider-man no way home or the upcoming flash movie like you have to have 30 years of institutional knowledge about these characters about the movies that they come from to be able to fully enjoy it yeah and that's what audiences love these love days it. They love homework. They love homework. Yeah, they love homework. They love Easter eggs that make them feel excluded. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were, just before we were recording this, let me just further date this episode. We were talking about uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, a very bad film. And uh, that was that was the first time watching a Marvel movie where they had the tag and I had no idea what was happening. Because I don't remember. It was a Loki. It was Loki, and I did not watch the Loki show. And I know Jonathan Majors appeared in Loki, and I as some version of Kang, and I did not understand what was going on. And I finally felt like everybody else has felt like the way Lindsay has felt every time she's watched (laughs) one of those. Where after every movie, she's like, "Well, what is that? Huh?" And that's how I want everyone to feel during our Figment during the entire movie, though. Yeah, the entire, the entire series of, of 25 Figment films. Yes. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it's going to be Figment versus Dreamfinder. Right. I want people to just be confused from top to bottom. Sure. sure. And that's what we can hope. That's, that, that's the power of imagination. That's we're going to have to use our imaginations yeah. to and come up a with enough bullshit. The movies will just turn into a black screen, and we say, well, you need to use your imagination. Yeah. And that will be $25. That's basically what they did in the journey into your imagination. They just turned off the lights, and they're like, yeah. Yeah, you you figure it out. Yeah. We're Disney. We you know, just trust us. Something's cool. It's cool. Like they just throw a little music on. Yeah, like just whatever you think. Bro. Yeah, here's a train sound. Now imagine a train. Whatever. Let's move on. Next thing. Yeah. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. I I mean, again, I hope I you're could, writing this down. Actually, don't write it down. Pencils I get, down. Hashtag pencils down. Hashtag WJ strong. No, this has been a blast to talk about old stuff about Epcot. As you can probably tell. Like, don't even get me started on some of the other attractions, Horizons. Or... Don't even get me started. I could, I could do a whole hour on most of the pavilions. It's great. Um, I love PhotoPass. That's another thing I love so much about. Uh, we did a billion photos, me and Alex did last time. I want to talk about the Galactic Star Cruiser one day. Uh, one of my favorite experiences. But for right now, I'm just going to leave it at Figment because he's wonderful. This ride is a lot of fun. Go check it out while you still can. It's at Epcot right now, and um, I hope you get a chance to go do it because it'll really open your mind. This was illuminating for me. Great. I had not experienced the rides except through the videos today that I watched before mm-hmm. this podcast. But I was so happy that you were able to talk about something that, A, is a core memory for you, but also knowing your love of theme parks and of Disney. I was glad that you got to have sort of your version of my tv made for tv hulk trilogy so i was just really excited to be a part of it well thanks man thanks for coming along and thank you listeners for coming along with us on this journey into imagination uh it has been such a fun time and uh keep it tuned here uh next month for another episode of my choosing yes um i've got a couple in mind i've got at least one arnold schwarzenegger movie i want to talk about i've got a couple of things but we might do something different just because we did movies last time the last couple episodes we might do uh something else i don't know an album or something there's a there's a lot of things that people hate out there there's a lot of hate in the world there's a lot of hate and you know something about arnold schwarzenegger he's really trying to be positive on social media that is true you know gotta give that guy credit yeah he's trying to combat hate and anti-semitism in our world which is a really good thing to further further date this episode his new show, Fubar, just came out on Netflix. Yeah. I've not watched it yet because I thought it was a two-hour movie. It's a series. And I was very disappointed to find out that I now have to watch eight hours of it. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing anything with my boy Arnold in it. Yeah. But, boy, I don't know. Does that does that premise need eight episodes? Probably not. Uh, but we'll see. We'll I don't know. Out. We could, Next episode could be a Fubar episode. You yeah. never know. Here's why it's great. Yeah, here's why FUBAR is great. Yeah. Um, so go watch FUBAR on Netflix. Sounds delicious. Um, 
We can't wait to come back next time with something you hate to tell you why it's great. Seb, thanks for a fun time. Thank you. And thank you, audience. And we will see you next time on Here's Why It's Great. Just that spark in me and you.